Have you ever felt like giving up, quitting, throwing in the towel? Welcome to Never Ever Give Up Hope featuring Carol Graham. She's an author, health coach, and motivational speaker. Backed into a corner multiple times in her life, Carol shares with you stories on how she overcame some of the toughest obstacles a person can go through in life, but refused to give up hope. Rather than admit defeat, an opportunity was presented, and it involves each and every one of you. Carol will feature spectacular guests who will share their messages of hope, encouragement, and their inspiration to prove why life's adversities only make you stronger. And now, welcoming the host of the show, here's Carol Graham. Thank you, JJ, for that introduction. And I also want to thank all my listeners from around the world. A nice shout out to the US and Canada, the United Kingdom, Norway, Germany, India, Israel, Australia, France, Denmark, Spain, Sweden, South Africa, Rwanda, Senegal, Ireland, Burundi, Hong Kong, Malaysia, and Pakistan, just to name a few. We get new listeners every week, and they are so appreciated. We appreciate each one of you, because when you leave your comments and reviews, it not only means a great deal to me, but it will also help um, expose the show to a larger audience. And, of course, it has been successful, and it will be even more successful when you interact with us. Thank you so much. My guest today is Alka Shrikunde. Now, I hope I didn't ruin that name, but she no. will correct me if I'm... Is that okay? Did I say very, it right? Okay. Very, very okay. <laughs> okay, that's good. Very, very okay is good. Alka is an R&D scientist, manager, and natural motivator consultant, a speaker, and president of BioBridge Collaboratives. She is passionate about building strong collaborative leaderships across organizations, and she works with academic institutions as well. Also, startup to mid-sized companies and nonprofit organizations. She is a doer, and I welcome you, Alka, to our show today. Thank you. Thank you, Carol. It is very nice being in your show, and thank you for the opportunity. You are most welcome. Let's start with uh, a statement that you had made in one of your uh, emails to me that I'm sure our audience would be interested in knowing. And that is, you had 10 years of intense struggle that brought you to a change in your life and in your way of thinking. Can you share that with us, please? Sure. Thank you for the question. And I think that dive deep into my core of who I am today. So uh, it's, it's a loaded question to begin with. So Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> so take the floor and run with yeah. it. Thank you. Well, yeah, I, I would just like to summarize it in one statement saying that uh, these 10 years have been extremely challenging in terms of not just the personal circumstances, but also in terms of self-discovery into really understanding who I am and what I stand for. And uh, 
it just it just led me to constantly self discover myself because the circumstances were very hard in terms of social isolation financial dependence and many other family related challenges that i was facing at that time there was a point in time in my life where i thought that it was just not worth it and then one fine day i said well no it can't be not worth it if i'm here and here for a reason and what is that reason i have to find it out and that's where my journey towards self discovery began now one thing that i would like to tell the audience at this point is i i do not want to go over my 10 years in detail at all what i do want to stress on though is the path that i found to self discovery and really what i mean by self discovery i know that that is a buzzword right now but really what i mean by self discovery is what is it in me that i can feel i stand for irrespective of what the world outside says about me that's what i mean by self discovery what is that one or two anchor points that i can talk myself into saying okay this is what i really stand for this is what it means to me to live a fulfilled life does not mean that i can live that fulfilled life every moment but at least that's what i stand for and once i got anchored there then it became much more feasible for me to not just survive but also to lead a meaningful life and my my, uh, my passion is to let people know that one doesn't yes adversity is a powerhouse of, of that you can use for your success however you don't have to undergo adversity in order for you to discover yourself this should be a daily activity that you do for yourself so you lead a meaningful life without having to go through adverse circumstances so uh, that that's my message for to those 10 years i i don't think i would want anybody else or anyone else for that matter to have to go through 10 years of intense struggle to find out what they stand for okay now one thing you did say is that uh you made a statement that you do not have to go through adversity but much of adversity that we encounter is is from sources that maybe we can't control or out of our control so how do you respond to that absolutely absolutely that is very well said and that's kind of what i felt as i was going through this path too that quite a few of the circumstances really are not in our control people we associate with sometimes we are in control with sometimes we are not we just have to deal with those people uh, i think what uh, I, i would go back to my previous point where i said you know you you've got you've got to find that anchor inside of you and there are many you can talk to many ways in which you can find that anchor but i think that anchor helps you especially when the external circumstances are not within your control so there may be various levels at which you are dealing with adversity and what i am saying is yes there will there are circumstances throughout your life more so for some than others where adversity comes to you and you are not completely in control of that situation and that's where those layers come so outside from the external world standpoint yes you are being bombarded with circumstances that are not in your control you are dealing with people where you just 
You just cannot walk away from those people. You've got to keep dealing with them and their negativity seeps into your being. However, if you find that anchor, even on the outer side, if you're frustrated, you're, you're angry, you're mad, all those reactions are okay. They're natural reactions to pressure. However, inside, you know that this is a phase that you can learn. This is going to end at some point, however excruciating it might be at that point. You know for yourself that your life has a, has a better purpose. And when I say you know it, it's not just information and knowledge. It's that inner experience that you have that experientially tells you, no, this is what your life is meant for. And you take yourself from there. So every time you have this adverse experience, you tell yourself, yes, this is bad. This is not within my control. However, right now, even in this bad path, I am learning something about myself which I will apply myself to once I go past this circumstance. And I think that's what helps in situations where adversity is not necessarily in your control. What would you describe as, give us some examples of anchors, either professionally or personally? So uh, let's talk about specific specific examples. I can probably use my example, let's say, because everybody is going to have a different anchor. And that's very important to realize. You know, we, we read many of these self-help books that say, you know, you're unique, everyone is unique. And sometimes it just doesn't register, right? It, it's like, okay, what what is it? I'm, I'm, I am one of these billion people on Earth. And how can I just, how can I just be unique? So it's... Your anchor tells you why you're unique. And uh, in my personal uh, situation, over years, what I discovered is that I was yearning to share compassion. I was yearning to share my sense of collaboration. And when I discovered that that's what makes me feel very peaceful, irrespective of what situation I am in, that those were my anchor words. Compassion and collaboration are my anchor words. And then eventually, I actually came up with my own personal statement, a very simple personal statement that I remind myself of, which I say, okay, when do I feel anchored? When do I feel at peace with myself? It's when I can use the best in me to bring about the best in others. That's my statement I created for myself. And every time I have an adverse situation, again, I might get mad. I may be frustrated at that point. But that's the anchor statement I remind myself of. And what I was that? Find, could you repeat that again? Use the best. To use the best in me to bring about the best in others. Very well said. You know, so it's very simple, but it's very actionable. So every time I face an adverse situation, and I don't say I'm out of adversity yet. There are just so many professional challenges, personal challenges that just keep coming along the way. So at that point, I may be frustrated, I may be mad, but I know I have an anchor. And the first thing I will do is to find that opportunity to implement my anchor. That's what gives me peace, irrespective of what the external circumstances are. And Carol, very honestly, being in being a part of your interview is what I'm doing for myself in some sense. You know, that's that's a part of my anchor. Okay. So now, you. would you would you have any other stories, maybe of um, uh, someone who you have helped, 
where they used adversity as a powerhouse for success, as a tool? Absolutely. So uh, I do uh, personal coaching, I do mentoring, and I do workshops, uh, leadership workshops. Uh, I'm a national speaker on uh, collaborative leadership. And uh, in one of my workshops, this is a small incident maybe, but um, this is something that really helps a person. And I know this person was struggling with uh, some leadership aspects in her job. And we were talking about you know, being collaborative, being genuine, and just going out there and being, being yourself. And uh, this person said, well, I can, if I am myself, I will not be able to be successful because uh, I am criticized for this, 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 and this, uh, four or five points. And but that's me. And she was also an introvert. And she said, introverts have nothing to do with that's what I've been told. Because introverts, you will not be able to succeed as a leader. You have to go out and meet out people. So uh, I took her aside and we had a, a talk for a bit, and I used a couple of my techniques that I do to help people uh, discover their own strengths, basically. And then what we discovered is that she really, her strength was relationships, except that she was an introvert. So what we needed to do is really to say, okay, uh, you're. A, your adversity seems to be, just being an introvert seems to be a huge disadvantage to you, but it, it really doesn't have to be that way. So we turned it around and we said, okay, what is it being an introvert that hinders you from building these relationships? We set out a couple points, and then she had an exercise that we had to go over for a couple a couple weeks, and she actually turned herself around, and uh, she could now feel the leadership qualities in her strength and her manager Okay. All right. Thank you. Um, <clears throat> now, you made and also made a statement that you are a strong advocate of compassionate leadership and collaboration. How can you expound on that? Yeah, that is sure. Um, Again, when we talk about collaboration and compassionate leadership, these are again, if you look at Harvard Business Review, if you look at many other journals, you see these buzzwords being used. And I have seen and heard many leaders use this word on a regular basis, servant leadership, compassionate leadership, collaboration. What I feel, unfortunately, is that these remain to be buzzwords quite a few times. They don't it doesn't seep into its actual meaning. And that's what I want to, that, that's, that would be my contribution, if you would say to the world, that how do we really bring, what does compassion mean? What does collaboration mean? Uh, it's not just about you know, uh, making mistakes and moving on. It's about really understanding the person, understanding the leadership style, and getting down to helping people succeed Using true collaboration, which means that you actually help each other, help bring about the best of, use a strength-based model, basically. That's how you will get compassion, where you, you, you understand a person's strength, you understand, you, you, you really listen actively, you listen to a person, understand what, what happened, you know, whatever happened, why did that happen, and then take the time to talk that especially to the failure, talk to that in a very genuine and compassionate manner and then bring about the success 
using that failure as a stepping stone towards success. That's what I really mean by uh, compassionate and collaborative uh, leadership. And I think what it takes is a lot of patience and a lot of time, both of which are uh, not necessarily freely available in the corporate world. So uh, that's where I would like to think about that change. Okay. Um, when you when you do seminars, uh, what do you do? You teach on specifics, like do you have different seminars that you teach different things, or is it you know in general? And tell us a little bit about that, about your seminars. Sure. Uh, so uh, with the seminars, I do it in multiple uh, multiple different ways. I do it as short one-hour talks, so I do day-long seminars, multiple-day seminars. Most of them are focused around collaborative and compassionate leadership. That's what I do. However, I also go to different colleges. In fact, this, this last year, I went to a, a local university over here, and I talked about the power of dreams. To, the power uh, of what was that? Power of dreams. Greed? D-R-E-A-M-S, dreams. Okay. Yeah, and uh, it, was, uh, it, it was very... Uh, you could feel the energy in the room, and I learned a lot from that too. It's so simple about it. Dreams, you know, dreams are your first stepping stone to success. If you don't dream, what will you? How can you succeed if you don't have a dream? Exactly. So you know, we went over all, and I asked the kids to the students to think about one thing that they think is impossible right now, but they want. But they would really want to be there, you know. And uh, the children came up with wonderful dreams, wonderful, wonderful dreams, which they think is impossible. But when I looked at it, it was so succinct that I actually told them, you know, write this down, write this down, remind yourself of that. And you will find a way. You may not find the, the very same thing that you're talking about, you might find it in a different form. But don't think it's impossible. And these kids have such noble goals, you know. Yes, everybody has to earn a living. They've got, you know, they've got to be successful. But uh, everybody's concept of success was so noble and so uh, so powerful that I really felt like it was my responsibility almost to make sure that they don't lose their dreams. And uh, you know, so I actually ha I had a teaching, I had a piece of paper that they had to work through their exercise uh, again to bring about this whole uh, you know self anchoring uh, self anchoring statement. And I had I told every one of them you know just write down your dream on this piece of paper and never lose this paper. Every single day, please find this dream of yours. So uh, that was an interesting one too. But I also uh, do leadership seminars and I. Uh, I uh, my audience ranges from you know very new project managers all the way up to very experienced senior managers, and it's very very uh, intriguing I think uh, to see how pe how people do collaboration and how I can help them go one layer deeper in understanding or at least my pers uh, you know, promote my perspective of what a true collaborative and compassionate leadership means. Do you feel that? Um, when you do this, that sometimes your students are uh, have dreams or goals that are not attainable, and do you recommend that they change those to make them attainable, or to just go for it and um, 
so that they don't get discouraged. You know what I'm saying? Because a lot of times with young people in particular, their dreams are so big that um, do you have a way of guiding them in that respect as well? something here that um, uh, made me think of something else in this regard and that is there are a lot of people who do have a lot of things that they want to share and they feel that they are you know a speaker at heart Um, how do you what would you recommend them doing as far as getting those opportunities you know uh, to to speak for different places organizations or whatever because I get asked that a lot of times so what what do you suggest? Saying that was your dream and you were able to attain it. Absolutely. That's a very good question, Carol. Um, for people who think they are speakers at heart, the first thing I would encourage them to do is to write their stories down. Because those are the most valuable contributions that they can make even before they stand up on the stage. So that's the first thing I would suggest. Don't, let, you know, don't forget your stories. 
it's very easy to forget them. So make sure that you take time, 10 minutes a day, 15 minutes a day. You know, nowadays we have so many electronic devices with us. Make a note of this. Make sure that you have, start capturing your ideas, even if you haven't gotten that formal opportunity yet, because the minute you get your first opportunity, you will not have enough time to prepare. So be prepared. Live as if you already have that opportunity. I think right. That's the first thing I would say. Live as if you already have that opportunity in place. Um, and uh, now, nowadays, I would say, especially when I thought about it, it was slightly different, but nowadays, social media is so powerful that I would say, start, you know, start with your local newspaper, start with your friends, share, share your stories with your friends. And I think most importantly, what people want to know, if you want to be a speaker, is what value are you adding to other people's lives? Right. Be personal, be professional. So when you're telling out your stories, even to your friends, you know, you, you may have at least three or four well-wishers, you know, share that idea with them and give them that one or two sentences that capture your value, your contribution as a speaker. Once you're able to do that, you will get attraction somehow. And if not anything else, I would say, if you're not getting that opportunity, uh, you know, with, say, a conference or with another event, meet the only event. People will come. You may be discouraged the first couple of times. You may not have much audience, but you know, have your own session. Like build your own small seminar session and hold it at a local library. You know, it doesn't have to be very expensive. Some coffee shops actually have small conferences. Uh, use those, so you don't have to go to very expensive, uh, you know, alternatives, or, or uh, you don't have to. You don't have to have a lot of money in your pocket to actually start speaking. If you really feel like you ha are going to add value and you have a point or two, and don't wait to be perfect. You will not be perfect the first time around. You will not be perfect even the hundredth time around. That's I, right. <laughs> you know, honestly, I, I, I've spoken so many times. I don't see, I mean, sometimes when I, and I speak and I also work, and I sometimes find that there's a huge discrepancy. Sometimes I feel like, okay, I'm promoting this, you know, this, this uh, idea of collaboration and compassion and this and that. And when I'm actually working, I get tough feedback at work, right? And mm -hmm. I feel, okay, you know, sometimes I start questioning myself. I, you know, I ask, okay, really? I mean, am I thinking the big sense? But in the heart of art, I know I'm making sense. So I continue, I refine, I continue, I improve, I refine. But uh, if I stop, then I'm not going to make any progress. Well, you need to be confident in yourself first. Uh, Carol, I think this is an important point. Maybe we should spend a, a minute or two over here. You're absolutely right. You need to be confident in yourself. However, the, the way this term is defined, I think sometimes it's useless. When we talk about confidence, you know, we say, okay, you know, you'll be heard. You make sure that you're well prepared. Yes, all this is a part of confidence. However, to your earlier point, some people feel that they're speakers at heart. They already right. have a story. And you know what? If you're speaking from your heart, yes, you, you need preparation, you need rehearsal, you need to do all those things. But you'll already be confident. It's a, matter right. of polish, you know, it's, a, it's a matter of polishing that confidence. So one thing that I would say for speakers is make sure you really, you really know what you want to contribute. Mm -hmm. You may not have the confidence. You know, that will give you the confidence inherently. And then you've got to, you know, you've got to... Uh, Make up it up a little, you know, and you 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 could follow it up obviously, but you must know your core, and that will give you the confidence. 
you may be yes, you may be afraid of the audience the first time around, you know, like just standing in front of the audience and talking. That's different. That's stage fear. That kind of confidence can be worked through rehearsals and you know, speaking it out loud and practicing and things like that. But then the the actual the real confidence comes from your own soul and your own voice. That's right. Is there anything else you want to share with the audience that we haven't covered? Well, I think I would just like to say never ever give up to your point, Carol. You know, it's, it's <laughs> hard. And it, it, it is really hard. I've, I've lived it. I have lived it. And I I know if somebody, you know, especially if I'm facing an adverse situation and comes up and tells me never ever give up, I just want to... I just want to tell them to just please leave. You know, it's very annoying at that point because you just you you, you don't feel like you have a path path forward. You don't feel like you, you just feel so trapped. And then somebody else is telling you to stay positive. It's hard. But again, I I would just reiterate, it's 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 hard. But the first and foremost thing you've got to do is identify your anchor. And the way you identify your anchor, it's not don't do it alone. It's hard, especially. Mm, for, good point. Especially if you're already in an adverse situation, do not try to do this by yourself. You must go out and identify. Do anything and everything you can to get at least two to three confidants. People you can trust and people who either already know your value or people who can help find your value in yourself. Do anything together. That's the first and foremost survival tactic. Go do that. Once you do that, you will find your anchor. And then when people say never ever give up, especially when you're living that adverse circumstance, you know you can do it. You know? That's right. That's right. That's very, very well put. Well, you certainly have a lot of energy, Alka. Thank you, Kelly. <laughs> My goodness, you just, you know... <laughs> I appreciate that. Your compassion and your passion is very evident. And I love to interview people who have a passion because it, it comes across and it's contagious. I hope so. I really hope so. Yes, so definitely. Your energy and your and your passion are definitely contagious. And I appreciate everything that you shared with us today. And, of course, uh, as my listeners know, I will have a web page done up for you with all your contact information and, and uh, your bio, including this uh, broadcast. Everything will be there. And um, the more that they, uh, any questions they have, they can certainly ask you there as well, your contact information. And it's exciting what you have shared. And I hope that uh, many people will be, uh, will have enjoyed it and get a hold of that passion that you have. And uh, that's, that's all we can hope for, right? Yeah, thank you. Thank you, Carol. I really appreciate this avenue and this opportunity because honestly, as Inez has said, I really want to make sure that I, you know, if, if I, if there's one thing that I want uh, out of my adversity is that, you know, the success is not just limited to me, but I can, I can reach out to the world, you know, and say, it's okay. It's, it's really okay. It's hard. It's horrible yes. sometimes. Yes. It's, it's still okay. Find your angel. Find it. The angel is in yourself. Find it, you know. Very good. All right. Thank you again, Alka. Okay. And um, have, a, have a good rest of the day. And we are very appreciative of what you have shared today. Thank you. Thank you, Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Never Ever Give Up Hope. 
featuring Carol Graham. Did you know that most people succeed because they are determined to? Quitting was never an option. Carol loves your comments and will respond to each one. So please subscribe and review this podcast. A rating of five stars would be outstanding and appreciated. Remember, if you are still here, there is always hope.